And if you have your Bible and you just want to just look at a scripture as we just kind of go through a number of scriptures, you can turn with me to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 9 is a great passage of scripture about giving and of the blessing of giving. Well, last week we uh, we um, we finished up our series on decompress, uh, and uh, and so today I'm just going to do a standalone. We're not going to begin a new series for a couple of weeks, uh, but I want you to um, I want you to just a couple of weeks ago. No, it was more than a couple of weeks ago. It was probably about a month and a half ago, something like that. Uh, on Sunday morning, while I was praying praying for the congregation, praying, getting ready to preach the Word of God. I felt like the Lord just dropped something in my spirit. You ever had that where you feel like the Lord just speaks to you and you just know it and you know her? Are y'all with me out there? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so God will speak to us. He said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. And, And I just felt like whenever, I mean, it was so pronounced, I felt like, man, I just need to do a teaching on what I felt like the Lord showed me. And, and maybe maybe what the Lord encouraged me to speak on today is for you today. And I trust that you hear for a reason. Amen. So let's pray and ask God to bless. How many of you have ears to hear today? And you want to hear what the Spirit is saying to you? Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just release faith in the hearts of all those that are here. I pray, God, that you would just release faith in me. I pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. I pray, God that you would just bless the atmosphere in this house and that you would bind up every distracting spirit and that your word would have liberty and freedom today. I pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, the title of uh, today's message is called Unlocking God's Provisions for Your Life. Unlocking God's Provisions. I was thinking... Although the Lord loves us equally. How many of you know that? The Lord loves us. He don't like me better than he likes you. He don't like you better than he likes me. He loves us all equally. Amen? But you know, although he loves us all equally, not all of us receive equally from the Lord. Now for some people, that might just hit them the wrong way. But although the Lord loves us all equally, not all of us receive from the Lord equally. I truly believe that some people receive more in their relationship with God than other people. Do y'all believe that? It just got quiet on me all of a sudden. Say, what are you talking about, Vern? How many of you know that God loves us all? But there are things we can do or not do that changes the picture. Amen? And so I want to talk to you. If you know anything about the Lord, you know that the God that we serve is a God of provision. He's a God of provision. Amen. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 8, I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, the Lord truly does want to meet all of our needs. How many of you believe that? He wants to meet all of our needs at all times, so that in all things, we have all we need. God is a God of provision. Amen? I like what Paul said in Philippians 4, in verse 19. He said, 
and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. Over and over again, the Bible says God shall supply. Amen. Over and over again, the scripture reminds us that God is a God of provision. Amen. But so many times we're walking around with serious unmet needs in our life. God's a God of provision. But many times God's people are walking around with unmet needs in their life. And so then the question is, how do we unlock, how do we unlock the Lord's provisions in our life so that every need we have can be met by the Lord? I'm going to be interested in that subject. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. I believe to unlock the Lord's provisions in our life, we must first, number one, learn to recognize the source of God's provisions. We need to recognize it. You say, well, that's elementary. Well, hold on. Sometimes I think we don't receive God's provisions because we don't recognize God's provisions. And we would think elementary. It's elementary to think, well, we need to, we know where God's provisions come, but well, hold on just a minute. Do we really know where God's provision comes from? You might have heard this story, but I, I love this story. It's, it's, a, it's a humorous story, but you heard about the guy that uh, he was kind of like Pastor Terry. He was in a flood. He was in a major flood, and the flood water started coming up so high that he was going to drown. So he got up on the roof of his house. Have you all heard that story? And so he got up on the roof of his house and he prayed, Lord, save me from this flood. A little bit after he prayed, a man in a kayak came by and said, hey, man, jump in my kayak. I'll save you. Oh, no, brother. I prayed and asked the Lord to save me. You can go on. Well, after the kayak left, a little bit later, an airboat, I mean, the water's getting high now. Just the peak of the roof is sticking out. And here comes this airboat. And the guy in the airboat says, hey, man, jump in my boat. I'm going to bring you to safety. I'm going to rescue you. And he said, oh, no, brother. I prayed and asked the Lord to rescue me. The Lord is going to rescue me. And lo and behold, now, I mean, now the water's coming up over his ankles and his house is totally underwater. And here comes a helicopter. And the helicopter drops a rope down and says, hey, sir, grab a hold of the rope and I will bring you to safety. And the man looks at the helicopter and said, oh, no, I prayed and asked the Lord to save me. And then he drowns. And he goes to heaven. And when he gets to heaven, he goes to the Lord. He finds the Lord and he said, Lord, I prayed and I asked you to rescue me. How come you didn't rescue me? And the Lord said, well, I sent a kayak to save you. I sent an airboat to save you. And I sent a helicopter to save you. I saved you. You just didn't recognize my resource. Amen. Come on, sometimes we're on the roof of our house and we're crying out, Lord, save me. And the Lord is providing for us. But because we're not sure where his provision comes from, we miss his provision. Come on, y'all out there? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here? And so as I see it, there are at least three sources of God's provisions. There's more, I'm sure, that we could talk about. But let's talk about three this morning. The first one is the provision of his spirit. 
How many of you know His Spirit is a provision? Amen? Much of what we receive from the Lord comes through the administration of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And the Holy Spirit helps us to receive the provisions of God. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit, whenever I need peace, the Holy Spirit administers God's peace in my life. How I many of you know that? The Holy Spirit administers strength. Whenever I'm weak and I need strength, the Holy Spirit will give me supernatural strength. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the administrator of God's gift, God's wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the administrator of God's guidance. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the helper and He helps God administer His provision to the people of God. So listen, the more open I am to the Holy Spirit, the more I will receive the provisions of God. Amen? That's why Jesus admonished the disciples. So listen, before you try to build the church, before you try to win the world, before you try to live a successful Christian life, you need to tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the main source of provision. So now listen. If I am close to the Spirit's work, I'm closing myself off to the main source of God's provision. Amen? The kayak just might have passed by. Number two, the second source of God's provision is the provision of His promises. How many of you know God's promises are good? And they are yes and amen. But the promises of God are simply a declaration He has made assuring us assuring us of what He will or He will not do. How many of you know, if God promises something, you can take that promise to the bank. Amen? It's going to come to pass. Whatever He said is going to happen. Amen? That's why whenever you think about everything going on in the world and you want to know what's going to happen, read your Bible. The Bible will tell you what's going to happen. And you can be assured that it will happen. Amen? But Hebrews chapter 11 says this, by faith Abraham, even though he was past age, this is verse 11, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Now Abraham and Sarah, as you know, they were beyond the age of childbearing years. And whenever the Lord said they would have a child, in the natural, it sounded ridiculous. But Abraham and Sarah, they received a miracle because they stood on and believed the promises of God. Amen. 
And so what I'm trying to tell you again is that more, the more we stand on the presence, the promises of God, the more we believe in the promises of God, the more we can receive the provisions of God. Amen. And so I think everybody in this room should know what the promises of God are and grab a hold of the promises and stand on them. Amen. Because in the promises of God or the provisions of God. Amen. Now, the third source of God's provision, I think it comes through the provision of God's people. Sometimes I think we fail to recognize God's provision because of the hairdo or because of the personality. And God is trying to provide for us, but we're rejecting the messenger. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Amen. So listen, God's provision in our life sometimes comes through his people. When God sees a need in our life, sometimes it's not through the Holy Spirit or through his promises. Sometimes he just sends a brother or sister in the Lord to provide exactly what we need. Amen. I don't know if you realize this or not, but God designed the people of God to be one of his conduits to bring his provision to the people of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each joint supplier. In other words, every Christian believer is a special messenger, is a special conduit of God's provisions for the rest of the body of Christ. And as you provide and as you supply and as you supplies, we all supply as we all work in, in, in unison with God's spirit. God will meet the needs of the people of God through his body. Amen. And so listen, sometimes when the Lord wants to comfort me, he'll send somebody to put their arm around me and comfort me. Amen. And sometimes when the Lord wants to encourage you, he'll send somebody in the body of Christ to put their arm around you and encourage you. Sometimes when the Lord wants to teach us something, or maybe he wants to warn us about something, he'll send somebody in the body of Christ to tell us something that we need to know. But if we don't recognize his provision, we may be rejecting his provision. So I believe as each member of the church functions, the provisions of God is brought into the body of Christ. Let me ask you something. How many of you have been had a need in your life that God has provided through the body of Christ before? Let me see your hands. I mean, I think just about everybody in this room could raise their hands because that's one of God's provisions. The entire church becomes healthier, becomes stronger as each joint, like my body, each joint supplies in my body. Every member of my body is important for my body's needs to be Man, each part in the body of Christ is a resource. The entire church becomes healthier. Now, many times without realizing it, Kelly, can you go see what this lovely couple needs here? Sometimes without realizing it, the Lord is supernaturally providing us for us through the members of the body of Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. Is God trying to meet a need in your life right now through a friend, through a family member? And you don't recognize it because you're not aware of it? 
I think we need to be aware of it. Amen? Are y'all with me out there? Three main sources of God's provision. His spirit, his promises, and his people. Now, why is that so important? I believe it's so important because we can miss the provision of God. It's not that God does not want to meet the needs of his people, but sometimes we're like the guy on the roof and God is providing for us, but we haven't recognized and opened our hearts to the provision of God in our life. Amen. So to receive God's provisions, we first have to learn to recognize the source of God's provision. Number two, let me give you what I believe to be the secret to unlocking God's provision. The secret in Hebrews 4 and 1. This is the scripture the Lord dropped in my heart that Sunday morning. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, right here in this text lies what I believe is the secret to unlocking the abundant blessings and provisions of God. And I believe the secret is this, exercising our faith. And that's what Hebrews was talking about. He was talking about the children of Israel that wandered in the wilderness and never went into the promised land. Although the promise came to them, the word came to them that they would go into the promised land. They wandered in the wilderness and died in the wilderness because the word they heard was not mixed with faith. So listen, to receive the provision of the Holy Spirit, I have to have faith. In the provision of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? To receive the provision of the promises of God. Will I have to have faith in the promises of God? If I don't have faith in the Spirit, I don't have faith in the promises of God. The Holy Spirit does me no good and the promises of God does me no good. If I'm going to receive from the people of God and the church of God, I have to have faith that God can use the people of God. If I don't have faith in the people of God, I won't receive anything from the people of God. Amen? We have to have faith. We have to have faith in the Lord. The secret is not having faith in our faith, which is really just our strong mental ascent, our strong mental, mental ability to overcome doubt and negative thoughts. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about having faith in the Lord. Amen? Listen, we are not to have faith in each other because if we are something special, we are to have faith in the Lord that is in us. Amen? Saints of God, when the Lord is in an individual, that individual is no longer the same. They are a new creature in Christ and the, and the plan and the wisdom and the grace and the provision of God can come through the people of God. Amen? Yes, amen. Remember that the entire nation of Israel they wandered in the wilderness except two people. Joshua and Caleb, they didn't die in the wilderness. They went into the promised land. 
Why did they get into the promised land? Because they trusted in the Lord. They believed in God. Do you know you could be in church? You could be a church going person, but not having faith and trusting in the Lord. Amen. I don't want to be like the rest of that nation. I want to be like Joshua. I want to be like Caleb. I don't want to live in the wilderness. I want to get those big old grapes in the promised land. What about you? Amen. Come on. I want to get the blessings of the Lord that he has provided for us in his promise. Promised land. Amen. So unlocking his provisions requires faith in the Lord. Now, first of all, it means having faith in the Lord's character. You got to have faith in his character. We need to trust and believe that the Lord loves us. But the reality is some of us are not sure. We're not convinced that God loves us. And listen, so when it comes to trusting God and believing God, we're not sure. We're not sure we can trust God. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Listen, sometimes the reason we live without the provisions of God is we're not yet convinced that God loves us. But how many of you know God loves us all, man? Amen? And listen, he is not holding what I did whenever I was a kindergartner and my apple fell off the bulletin board. He's not holding that against me. He loves me. He forgives me. And he gives me a bright future. Amen. So listen, we need to believe that too. In John 15, 13, it says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friend. Listen, the fact that our Father didn't spare His only begotten Son should be proof enough that He loves me. What more could He do? Amen. But you know, some people, can it's hard to convince them that God loves them because they've received so much negativity. They've received so much rejection. They've had so many people break their trust that they struggle in church in trusting that God loves them. But can I convince you today that God loves you this much that He was willing to send His Son to die on the cross? And if He didn't spare His Son, how much more will He just give us all that we need? In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 7, your parents, if you children ask for a loaf of bread, you don't give them a stone instead. Or if they ask for a fish, you don't give them a snake. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen. So the bottom line is, to receive the provisions of God, we must first have faith in the Lord's character. Amen? But number two, we have to have faith in the Lord's ability. And so some people rob themselves of the provisions of God because they're not sure that God can meet this need. This is a big need. You just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the size and the magnitude of my need. Well, let me ask you a question. Is God able to meet every need? Amen. But listen, that's what happened to the father with the demonized son. Whenever he came to the Lord, he lacked faith in the Lord's ability. And this is what he said in in Mark 9. Jesus asked, The father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. This guy was demon demonized. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But listen what he says. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you are able, I, I think it had sarcasm to it. 
if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Amen. I think he was saying, you just slap me in the face. If I can, if I can heal your son, are you crazy? I mean, you just have no idea in my ability. Listen, I think we need to recognize God's ability is, is unmeasurable. It's unlimited. And there's no need that you and I have in our life that God's ability is not greater than that need. So listen, if we are to receive God's provision, we have to have faith in his ability. I remember several years ago, I was sitting on my porch and I had a number of problems going on in my life. And I was sitting there overwhelmed and fearful that it's all going to work out. And I was praying about it. And the Lord said to me, the reason you're feeling fearful and overwhelmed is because you're not sure I can meet this need. That I have enough resources to fix that thing. And, you know, whenever he said that to me, I just had to say, you're right. You're right. But sometimes I think we live overwhelmed and we live fearful and we live full of anxiety because we size up circumstances in our life and say, oh, this is an easy one for God. But this one right here, I don't know, that might top God's ability. How many of you know, saints, no need in your life can top God's ability. Amen. He's unlimited in his ability. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of this world. Is anything too hard for me? Now, that's a good question right there. Amen. To ask ourselves, is there anything too hard? The scripture says in Luke 1, for nothing is impossible with God. Can you believe that? Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. And so, first of all, we have to have confidence. We have to have faith in God's character. We have to believe that he loves us. We have to have confidence in his ability. But number three, we have to have faith in the Lord's generosity. You know, one thing that we have to get down in our spirit, that God is a generous God. Amen? He's a generous God. Remember John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave. The reason Jesus came as God was a generous God, and he gave us his only son. Amen? The Lord is not an evil, stingy, or greedy God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Our God that we serve is a generous God. Amen? So listen, I want to encourage you to despite what you think or you feel because of what you've been through or going through, you need to recognize that God is a generous God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, he said, He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So a major key in unlocking the provisions of God is faith in him. Having faith in Him. And so we can have some faith, but we can be lacking in faith. But we need to have faith, not in our faith, but have faith in God. Have faith in His character. Have faith in His ability. Have faith in His heart, His generosity. Amen? And so now, if the secret to receiving the Lord's abundant provision is faith in the Lord, well, I, then I believe the secret to increasing his provision in our life is increasing our faith. Amen. You know, I've heard people say, well, no, all you got to have is the faith of a mustard seed. 
But you know, later on, he says, the mustard seed, although it's the smallest of seeds, it has the great, the greatest potential of being the greatest tree. And so our faith has tremendous potential, but it needs to mature. It needs to develop. Amen. And the stronger we develop our faith, I believe the more we're going to receive from the Lord. Amen. I believe the greater our faith level, the more we can experience from God. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that some people saw the mouths of lines shut because they had faith in God. They saw fire quench. They were able to walk through waters and not drown. Miracles happen because they believe God. Amen? Remember, Jesus was limited in his miraculous ability in his hometown because the people lacked faith. And the Bible says in Matthew 13, 58, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They said, that's just Joseph's son. He can't do anything. Listen, the problem was not in the ability of Jesus to do miracles. The problem was in their faith and believing that Jesus could do miracles. Can I tell you today that the problem in the church is not Jesus' ability to do miracles. It's in our ability to have faith to believe in the God of miracles. Amen? Are y'all with me out there? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. So listen, I truly believe we can experience more as we, we grow our faith. In Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, then he touched their eyes, these were blind men, and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? According to your faith. And so in other words, he was saying, if you can have faith to believe it, then you can receive it. You got to believe God. Amen. And God's provisions comes in the, in the environment where people believe and people trust and they engage their faith and they say, Lord, I know this might seem like it's impossible, but I know that nothing is impossible with you. And so despite all lives, despite what my mind says, what I see in the natural, I know that I'm past childbearing years. But Lord, I believe that if you say I can have a child, then I can have a child even at 99 years old because nothing is impossible with you. Amen. 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 Matthew 9, 29, he said, according to your faith. So I believe if we will increase our faith, we can increase our ability to receive from God. Are y'all are y'all receiving this word today? And saints, whenever I was praying that Sunday morning and I was praying, God, I pray that you would release faith in the hearts of the people that I'm preaching to. I, it quickly dropped in my spirit. You'll never receive the blessings of the preaching of the word of God if it falls on a doubt and unbelieving heart. The only way you will receive the benefit of the word of God is if it meets a heart that believes that the word of God is true. So if you want to know how to get your finances blessed, find out what the Bible says about finances, believe it, exercise it, and you're going to receive a blessing. If you want to know, if you want healing in your life, you listen to what the Bible has to say. You hang on to the promises and believe in the promises of God until a breakthrough comes. Amen? And I believe that our faith level will determine what we receive from God. Now that just stirs me up to want to believe greater things. That stirs me up to want to increase my faith because I believe I is not 
not seen nor ear has heard what the Lord has intended for the people of God. I believe that God has more in store for you and I, but we need to raise our level of expectation. We need to raise our level of faith and bless God. If he can do it for others, he can do it for you and I. Amen. Come on. Can I get a witness this morning? Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord? Amen. And so I was thinking about this and you know, I was thinking, man, we need to just raise our, our level of faith. So how do you do that? There are three ways to increase your faith. And the first one is you got to feed your faith. You got to feed your faith, right? You know, our faith will die if you don't feed it. For Romans 10 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith grows when we feed it. The more I hear the word of God, the more my faith will grow. That's why, saints, we need to make a daily practice of reading the word. Because if we don't feed our faith, our faith, our faith becomes weaker. But if we feed it on the, on the active living word of God, it's going to feed our faith. Amen. And the greater our faith level, the more we will see God do. That's why we need to get in the habit of reading the word, listening to the word, listening listening to preaching, just, you know, get the word down in our heart. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I tell you, that's the true manna from heaven right there. Amen. So we need to feed our faith. The more you feed your faith, the more your faith will increase. The more your faith increases, the more I believe you can see God's hand move. Whenever I first got saved, I believed in God. And I believe that God was out there somewhere in the galaxies. But you know what? I heard the message of salvation and faith dropped in my heart to believe that my sins could be forgiven and I could be saved. And whenever faith dropped in my heart, I asked Jesus to forgive me and he came in and, and forgave my sins and his spirit came into my spirit and my life was changed. Amen. And the saints, that was 30 something years ago, 31 years ago. And I'm telling you, if you didn't knew the tide before 31 years ago and know the tide after 30, it's not the same tide. Amen. Because God saved me, delivered me. Amen. And gave me a new lease on life. Can I get a witness here? Anybody else experience that? But you know what? As I began walking with the Lord, I learned that the Lord was a healer. And as I believed the word of God that he could heal, I received supernatural miracles in my life in the way of healing. I, as I began walking with the Lord, I heard that the Lord could deliver you. Well, man, I believe that God could deliver. Do you believe God can deliver you? But, you know, as I began believing that God could deliver me, deliverance started happening in my life. I was saved and going to heaven. I needed some healing in my life. I needed some deliverance in my life. Amen. Then I heard about you could receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receive a special anointing from heaven. Well, I believe that. Amen. I hadn't had the opportunity to be taught that it was a, a, an old, a New Testament dispensation that had stopped today. Nobody had told me that. So I just believed it. Amen. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God started welling up in my spirit and out of my mouth came a new tongue. Amen. A tongue from heaven. Man, the more I believe God, the more I receive from God. Now I'm wondering, man, what more does God have for me? Amen. And so we need to feed our faith. The second way to increase your faith is not just feed it, but exercise your faith. 
You got to exercise it. You've heard the, you've heard the phrase, if you don't use it, you'll, yes, our faith is like that. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. It's like a muscle. And the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And so faith is more than just thinking something is true. Faith is something that you act on, that you trust in, that you believe in. Amen. And so God wants us to not just have a mental ascent. God wants us to stand on, act on, and believe God. James 2.17, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and is useless. Amen? How many of you know our faith should produce action? Our faith should produce action. We should have faith to believe God. Like Joshua and Caleb, the rest of the spies said, they got giants in the land. But Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, but them little giants, they're no match for God. I'm going in. I'm crossing over to the other side. Come on, faith will get you to the other side. Amen. It'll get you in the promised land. And so our faith produces action. Remember, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done. And I believe we need to begin exercising our faith. And listen, I think some of us, we exercise our faith when we ask Jesus to forgive us. But I think the Lord is wanting us to exercise our faith and to begin to believe him for greater things. Come on. Salvation is just the beginning. Amen. And how many of you know without faith, it's impossible to please God. We got to walk in faith. Amen. We got to, the just shall live in faith. Living in faith means all our walking, talking, sleeping, everything. We need to believe God and to trust God. Amen. Now, who are you trusting in? The Republican Party? The federal government? The place where you work? Are you trusting in God? I believe we need to trust in God. And the more we trust in God, I believe the more provisions will come our way because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder, amen, of those who put their faith and their trust in Him, amen. Now listen, in a very practical way, I was thinking about this. How can I encourage them to exercise their faith? And I just thought about this one way is Ask yourself the question, what is the greatest need in your life at this moment? What's the greatest need? Sometimes, well, it's hard to boil it down. I got so many. But, you know, I think, you know, in, in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, Jesus said, whatsoever things you pray for, believing you shall receive. I think sometimes we just need to narrow it down. Sometimes we just need to narrow it down and we just have, we have general faith, but I believe believe the Lord is wanting us to have specific faith. What is it that we would like the Lord to do? What is the greatest need in your life right now? For some of you, you might need an emotional breakthrough. Well, is God big enough, sister or brother, to give you an emotional breakthrough? Some of you, maybe you're having a financial need in your life. Well, can God give you a breakthrough regardless of what the economy is doing in Lafayette, Louisiana? Can he do it? And the answer is yes. So what is your need? I encourage you to take some time to think about it and write it down. And every day begin looking at that need 
And begin to thank God and asking God to meet that need in your life. That's exercising your faith. Where you begin to believe God to meet your needs instead of the Republican Party or the federal government or the, the employer where you work. Amen? It's exercising your faith. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I think we all have needs. But the question is, are we going to believe God to meet those needs? Amen? Say, but Todd, I prayed and asked the Lord one time about meeting that need. So what you're telling me is one day you had faith. But since that day, you've doubted because the answer didn't come right away. Listen, I believe I'm on to something right here. I believe we pray about something one time and it don't happen and it didn't happen instantly and we drop our faith. Come on, I want to encourage you. Pick up your faith. Pick up your faith again. Come on, grab a hold of your faith again. Come on, sometimes we just need to persevere in faith. Amen? You know, I'll tell you this story. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a lady, and she said, Pastor Todd, whenever we were going through prayer and fasting in January, she said, you encouraged us to write some things down and put it in the chest. Remember that? She said, man, I had a list about that long on the chest. Amen. And she said, by the time we finished prayer and fasting, it wasn't a whole lot changed. But I'm telling you now, six months later, I can see one thing after the other that God is answering, and he's changing. God is moving, and God is doing something. And so I said, come on, sis. That's what I'm talking about. We got to persevere with the Lord. Amen. We got to persevere in our faith. Come on. Even though you see the giants in the land, even though the giants haven't moved, even though the giant is standing before you, say to that giant, be moved in the name of Jesus. Come on, be moved in the name of Jesus. Don't cower down. Don't back down. Don't do like the rest of the Israelites and run away. You face that giant and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm you coming down in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's another great question. What is the greatest desire in your life at this moment? What is the greatest desire? You know, sometimes it's not necessarily what we need, but sometimes we're like, well, you know, I, I don't think the Lord is interested in that. Listen, if you are interested in it, the Lord's interested. If it matters to you, it matters to the Lord. And the Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. Amen. Come on. Delight yourself in the Lord. Listen, this was my life verse whenever I was single. My greatest need is I wanted to be married. And I'll tell you, I had to wait a while. But I'm telling you, this was my life verse. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And so my groom's cake, that scripture was on my groom's cake because it was the fulfillment of what I desired from the Lord. Amen? Come on, the Lord knows what you desire and it's okay to ask Him, Lord, I want to prosper. Lord, I want to be used of you. Lord, I want to see your hand move. It's okay to ask Him to move. Amen? One more little story about delighting in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. A number, uh, about a year, about two and a half, three years ago, I was driving down Landry Road and crossed a motorcycle. Whenever I was young, I had a motorcycle. My brother had a motorcycle. He worked offshore and I could ride it to, to school. It was great. It was fun. 
But I hadn't been on a motorcycle in several years. Those things can be dangerous, right? And so I said, I, I drove by, you know, motorcycle. And I was like, man, Lord, I would love to get on a motorcycle. I'd love to have a motorcycle. And, you know, it's one of those things that you think, and it's just, I don't need a motorcycle, you know. And that's, that's you know, I'm not in midlife crisis, you know. <laughs> yes, I am. I need a motorcycle. So anyway, so a couple of weeks later, I get a call from a friend in Houston. Said, hey, I got a Harley Davidson that I'm wanting to get. And I was just wondering if you would want that motorcycle. I said, oh, my, my wife would divorce me if I got a motorcycle. <laughs> I don't want that motorcycle. So he said, okay, I just, I just felt impressed to, to check with you. I went home and told Tanya about it. She's like, oh, if you want a motorcycle, I can trust God to protect you. you I said, really? <laughs> the next morning I called him. I said, did you get rid of that motorcycle? He said, no, I haven't. I said, I'll take it. T-. And so, you know. He gave me that motorcycle and I rode around it in fear and trembling for a year and a half or so and I sold it. And I was glad to be done with it because I never had peace, you know. But you know what? The point of the whole story is that I didn't even ask the Lord for a motorcycle. But it happened to be this little desire in my heart that God just said, you know what? I heard that and I want to bless you. And I believe that some of you in here, you have desires on your heart. And can I encourage you to just bring those desires before the Lord? Amen. Now, if you got a desire to rob a bank, bind that up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. So let's move on, right? A third question. That's a good question to ask to exercise your faith is this. If the Lord gave you the opportunity to ask anything of him and he would do it, what would you ask him for? What would you ask? That's what happened to Solomon. Remember that? The Lord said in 2 Chronicles 1.7, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now we know Solomon said, Lord, would you give me wisdom and knowledge to lead your people? And the Lord gave him that. And he said, because you asked for wisdom and knowledge and you didn't ask for something like for yourself, you know what? I'm going to bless you financially. I'm going to bless you with honor. I'm going to bless you with these other things. But man, what do you what, what do you think about if the Lord would give us that opportunity to ask him anything of him? How many of you would like to have that opportunity? Well, you know, in reality, I think the Lord does give us that. Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, he said, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be of seek and you will find. Now, I know that the Lord don't want to give me anything that's going to ruin my life. That he loves me enough to just give me what I can handle. But you know what? I think the sky's the limit. That I serve a Lord that loves me and that wants to bless me. And I think that we can just start exercising our faith and believing God. And I think there's some people in this room right now that God wants to provide in a greater way for you. And I believe that this whole message is about just to stir you up by way of reminder. 
He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I believe some of us, maybe we had a few shut doors in our face. We had a couple of things that we believed God for that didn't come through. And we've gotten weakened in our faith. We've been wavering in our faith. And God wants to stir us up today and say, come on, come on. Let's stir up your faith. Amen. Which leads me to the last and the final way to exercise our faith. And it's to increase your faith by stretching your faith. Come on, stretch your faith. Come on, stretch your faith. Come on, you, listen, if for me to grow my muscle, I got to push it beyond where it's been pushed before. To increase your faith, you got, sometimes you got to stretch your faith beyond where it's been stretched before. Amen. You just got to believe God. Amen. And my favorite verse when it comes to, to this topic is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. So I believe we need to believe God. God. We need to believe God for His grace, His favor, His, His blessing, His, His anointing on our life, His gifting on our life, that we can make a greater difference in this life that He has given us. Amen? Y'all agree with that this morning? If you do, say amen, and then stand up with me. Would you do that? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just take a moment right now. Just Come on, how many of you have a need? How many of you have a great need in your life? Most of us in this room have needs, right? Come on, just identify that need. Let's just exercise our faith for just a moment before we walk out of here. Come on, let's just go to the Lord right now. Let's just begin to ask Him. Let's begin to ask Him. Come on, come on, wherever you are, come on, wherever, however filled your, your barrel is, the Lord wants to fill it more. However, however blessed you are right now, the Lord wants to bless you more. Come on, He wants your barrel to overflow. He wants your cup to overflow. Come on, He wants, do you believe that, saints? Do you believe that? Or do you doubt that? Or do you have trouble believing that? Is your mentality, is your doctrine, is your theology limiting you? Come on, right now, let's declare that that thing is being broken off of our life and that we're reaching out our faith right now and we're believing God for supernatural things. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would release your anointing and release your power and release your presence in this room. And Lord, I stand with those that are believing and trusting right now. They're believing for miracles. They're believing for breakthrough. They're believing for things to change. And Lord, I'm believing with them right now in the name of Jesus that you are releasing supernatural grace. Thank you, Lord. Blessings are unlocking. Provisions are unlocking. Thank you, Father God, that your hand of ability and your hand of provision is being released right now over this place. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. Come on now, just begin to thank him for it. Just begin to thank him for it. Just begin to thank Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You stir in my faith. Thank you, Lord. You stir in my faith. Thank you, Lord. You're increasing my faith. Thank you, Lord God, that heaven is opening up. Thank you, Lord, that windows are opening up. Thank you, God, that provision is coming today. Lord, I, I join my faith with the faith of those in this room today. And Lord, we're believing for supernatural things to come about in the mighty in the strong, matchless name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed with that prayer said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Amen.
Come on, just give, let's give God just a thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful, God. Thank you for being a faithful God, a trustworthy God, an awesome God, a blessing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen. As we get ready to dismiss, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never asked Him to forgive your sins, that's step one. That's step one. If that's you and you say, Todd, would you pray a prayer for me? I don't know that I'm a Christian, but I want to be a Christian. Just raise your hand and just wave it at me like this. Just wave it at me. So listen, if there's anybody here that, that needs to pray that prayer, Listen, I'm going to be right here. Come and tell me, Todd, would you pray that prayer with me? Amen. That's the greatest step you could ever take. Amen. The altars will be open for anybody that needs prayer. I pray the blessing and the favor of God over you today. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. God bless you.